from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriots. Jeremy Harrell. Live from America, very special Sunday afternoon. How are you all? I hope you had a wonderful morning of worship. I hope you had a wonderful morning with your families, enjoying God's green earth, enjoying the beautiful sunrise, enjoying the very life that God breathes into our lungs every single day. I am so happy to be able to come to you guys on a special Sunday to talk about some very, very important topics But before we even get started, I want to roll right into Rumble and YouTube. I want to ask you guys and encourage you guys to please share the video, get it out there. A lot of people might have forgotten that we're live today. Some people didn't know, but I think it's a great time. It's a good time right in the afternoon. The sun's starting to... Starting to move down. Maybe you've already got your yards mode. You've already been to church. So let's go over to um, Rumble real quick and say hello to Caterlin. How you doing? And Bargain Queen. The Molly. Hello from Florida. Delane McDuff here, she says. How you doing, Delane? It's good to see you, my dear. Um, Becky, Christine, 0205. Happy Sunday to you, too, says Becky. Caterlin, uh, Miss, Mr., uh, excuse me, Mrs. Renegade. It is so nice to be having a special to, uh, special Sunday today. Thank you very much. Evie Rosewood is uh, watching as well. Thank you, Evie. I appreciate you joining in. We've got uh, Tazzy Lady from uh, Pennsylvania. Her name is actually Lori, so thank you for joining in, Lori, and uh, you're welcome. Uh, 8212 says, thank you for sharing your Sunday with us. Well, you know what? It's my pleasure. You know, I've, if I, if I, uh, if I have so many things to do on the weekends during the summer and I have to leave in the Friday afternoons, I want to make sure that we're at least trying to keep up with the broadcasts. And I can't think of a better way to substitute for a Friday afternoon than to talk about the Lord. I mean, what better ways, you know, to spend your, your Sunday. So um, let's shoot over to YouTube real quick. Mark Fenner is watching. Kevin Wilson from Michigan. Good to see you, Kevin. It's always nice and a pleasure to have you watching uh, the show. Marlene Chico. Uh, happy Sunday, Jeremy, and all the LFA family. Margaret Mosley is watching. Thank you very much. Of course, uh, Snapdragons is here. Maureen Gallant, Susan Miller, and it's nice to see a 14-year-old on a Sunday afternoon tuning in to learn about God. I mean, how great is that? Um, so thank you very much. I appreciate that, Snapdragons. Ruby Hines and Vicki Gray also uh, watching, and Vicky's watching from the great state of Texas. So guys, i got a very special show lined up for you today. You know... Uh, we're having a guest today by the name of Pastor Timothy Frisch. Now, uh, we've had Tim Frisch on the show before, and how I met Tim Frisch was through my church, as a matter of fact. And when I was uh, really trying to find my way to God, Pastor Tim Frisch was there answering a lot of questions for me. And uh, he then started a YouTube channel. He's, uh, he's been doing missions, and uh, his missions he decided to do local he decided to do local reach out and, and, and reach out to people that are right here in our own community uh, looking for help, uh, looking for God, uh, looking, for the, looking for the light. Uh, so Pastor Tim said, you know, uh, our church has got a lot of people going outside of the country and far away. Pastor Tim said, you know what, he stepped down from the pulpit to do missions. And part of that mission was to start a YouTube channel so that he could reach out there digitally. And so I've been on his show a few times. He's been over here once. This is our second time having him on. And uh, the first visit was very fun, very, very fun. He answered some questions that I had. He answered some, some questions that you guys have had. And, uh, you know, again, 
he, he answers them the best way he can from his experiences and his wisdom. And uh, that's, that's kind of what I like to do. So I'm going to start, uh, you know, at least one to maybe two Sundays a month, I'm going to start bringing on different pastors to talk with them about, you know, where they live, where they're, you know, what, what's going on in their area, what their church does for outreach min, uh, missions and uh, community outreach. And we really just get a really good conversation period our conversation piece started uh, between, you know, God-fearing, God-loving Americans. And where, also not only that, where does the church fit in today? Where does the, where does the church fit in in today's society? So I know Tim is waiting. So Tim, if you're, if you're on, if you're here, please unmute yourself, turn on your video, and uh, we'll uh, go ahead and bring you in. Tim, you there? I am here. All right, let's quickly turn over the camera to, to show who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pastor Tim Frisch. If you've not seen him before, if you were not watching the show when he was on, uh, this is a good friend of mine, Pastor Tim Frisch. Hey, great to be here, Jeremy. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you, too, and I love that uh, bookshelf you got going on back there. Are you, uh, are you down in your studio, or are you at, uh, at your house? Yeah, this is basically my studio, my office, yep. where I do a lot of my videos. Yeah. Well, uh, so you run a very um, popular, I mean, it's grown really fast over the last year, but you run a very uh, unique page. Uh, you do your mission, you do a lot of your missions uh, through your YouTube channel, reaching out to people, having discussions with people. Uh, how has that been getting, you know, going from, you know, traditional missions and, and, and being at the pulpit to, to starting a YouTube page and reaching out to people that way? What, what kind of uh, benefits are there in, in doing that for a pastor? Well, the biggest benefit is that when you're a pastor, uh, which is good, uh, they tend to put you on a pedestal uh, a little bit. I, I think you can understand that. Sure. People look up to pastors and they see them behind the pulpit a lot. But there is something about being on YouTube and, and doing the channel that I'm doing, my channel, a lot of your... Uh, um, audience has probably, uh, if they've seen me come on before, they know my channel is a fresh perspective. And so, yeah, just, just doing uh, YouTube kind of videos and, and being online just, just uh, allows you to connect with people more as a peer than as someone that, you know, they, they, they feel is above them. So I think that's been a real advantage, actually. I just, I really want to connect with people. It also gets you out of your bubble because you do get in certain, certain social circles, uh, but when you're online, it really allows you to connect with people from all over and from all different backgrounds, different belief systems, which is really the goal with doing outreach and missions work. You want to interact with all different people from all different places and all different backgrounds. So it's been great. Yeah, you know, you, you said something really key there is, and I've noticed a lot of this, and, and you, you, Tim, you've seen me, you've seen a transformation from you know, one Jeremy to another Jeremy to another Jeremy, you know, and, and you are a big part of that. But what I'm starting to notice now that I'm getting more and more involved is that a lot of pastors or even a lot of churches um, kind of put themselves in their own bubble by only reaching out to or only preaching to uh, people uh, who've not have, who've already maybe found the Lord, who are on a right path. It's, I, I, I'm seeing a lot... Uh, uh, how do I put it? I'd like to see more people reaching out to, 
to a diverse uh, crowd, people who've not heard the word, who've maybe only heard it once in their life, who may be Muslim, who may be, you know, this, that, the other, Buddhist, you know, never, you know, atheist, whatever. There's, I, I want, I'd like to see more of that utilizing YouTube and, and, and stuff like that because it, it, the amount of people that see it, it, it changes their lives. I know it did me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. I do think a lot of churches get into a habit of, of just speaking almost to themselves. There's that phrase, preaching to the choir. Mm. And that literally, literally happens in, in church settings sometimes. You know, it's just preaching to the choir. I, I think it takes an intentional intentional effort to reach out to people that, um, you know, don't understand the things that maybe the, in the church world we tend to, you know, get very used to and we understand those things very well. So it takes a intentional effort to accommodate for people but also i really do think people that are newer to christ like you have a special advantage in that uh, you you kind of fresh in your memory remember what it's like and you're still on your journey you're still mm. learning so much so so you have the ability to be a connection point in a special way and i would say that to all of your viewers who are newer to christ it's really you i think that's why you have that heart because it's you that god is going to use in a very special way to connect with people in the world who haven't come to Christ yet. And that's because you have one foot definitely in the church and you uh, are experiencing God's work in God's people, but you also remember very much what it was like to have both feet in the world mm, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, to, and to be in that atmosphere. And so you really are able to connect with people in a special way, I think. Well, uh, I, when, when you're in that situation, you know, and I've also seen, uh, Tim, when people are uh, witnessing to, uh, you know, non-believers or agnostics or whatever, uh, I've, I've seen them get um, like their feelings hurt when somebody doesn't accept it the way that they want them to accept it. Um, whereas, whereas when I find myself doing it, um, I almost find myself going, wow, how did I even know that? Uh, what, where did that even come from? I learned it just as I was saying it almost. And so when people don't take it the way I would like them to, it doesn't upset me in any way. It doesn't hurt my feelings in any way because I, I feel like I planted the seeds and maybe I'll get an opportunity to plant that seed again or, or somebody else will because that person came in contact with me. But I do see a lot of people witness to people who get upset when the people take it differently than they want them to. Um, so, I, you know, it's just, it's just an observation that I've had, and I think that we need to not do that. I think we need to be secure in, in, in the fact that we know who Jesus is and we have that journey with him. And if somebody rejects him, you don't get angry or upset or have your feelings hurt. Uh, you actually look at it as another opportunity to witness to them again, maybe. Yeah, that is a really, really good point. I think, again, where you didn't grow up with all of the church stuff, so you don't take it for granted. It's easy for someone like me. I grew up in church. And Jesus talked about this, that the, the, the people that he actually kind of really had to rebuke a lot were the Pharisees. They had a very religious background. And I think Jesus actually saw a lot of potential. I, I think there were even Pharisees that eventually came to Christ. We see that in the Bible. Mm. But their problem, their problem was their hangups, you know, that they, they did take things for granted and they didn't understand why people couldn't just automatically follow everything they were teaching and Jesus yeah. was saying hold on there you have to have compassion you have to have humility and I think that's what you're bringing out very well there well thank you well um one of the let's let's get right into some topics you know we got about an hour here so um that goes by pretty quick especially when you're uh 
you know, inviting God into the conversation. But first of all, could you please maybe say a prayer before we get started today, uh, you know, so that people can really make sure that they're, they're in the, the right mind frame to accept God's word and to understand God's word is before we get started today? Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you would allow us to know you and to be part of your family. And if there are people listening today that are not part of your family, our prayer is that they would uh, come into a relationship with Jesus Christ this very day through our conversation, that your spirit would be at work in their lives and that they would become part of the family of God. But for those of us who are part of that family, I pray, Lord, that today you will help us to remember to treat each other like family. And even when we're interacting with believers outside of our churches, Lord, I pray you'll help us to remember these are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can sometimes disagree with brothers and sisters and even have sharp disagreements and and argue some. But at the end of the day, we're family. And we need to love love each other like family. And so I pray that you'll help us to remember that that your spirit, we pray, Lord, would be at work in our conversation and that you would bless us all and edify us all through what we talk about today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Okay, so um, let's get right down to business. Uh, I want to start talking about denominations. And I put out a newsletter um, last week that really touched on this. And I wasn't... A lot of times, especially me, you know me, I'm really, uh, I get excited and I'm really, you know, to the front of, you know, uh, trying to trying to articulate things the best way I can. And sometimes I may get ahead of myself and sometimes it may sound like I'm, uh, you know, criticizing or maybe even lashing out sometimes. When, when I'm really not, I'm just pointing out, you know, what I, what I read, um, where, point out where I read it from and then and give my interpretation of it, of course. Um, and we talked about denominations. And one of the things I said in my newsletter was, you know, reading the words of Jesus through, you know, the New Testament, uh, never, did I, never did I hear him say, uh, you know, anything about the Methodist Church, anything about the Baptist Church, anything about the Catholic Church, anything about, you know, so we, we started talking about denominations and how really anything outside of the word of Jesus himself, to me, I said the word nonsense. I said it's just nonsense. Now, maybe I shouldn't have said it that way, but I try to get to the heart of really what I'm trying to get across. Um, I'm wondering what you think of that. Uh, you're, you're far more experienced in, in, in the ways of what diff- why there's different denominations, what they believe. Uh, you want to just touch on that uh, for a little bit and, and kind of uh, give me your thoughts on the whole you know, anything outside of what Jesus said is nonsense, uh, <laughs> um, phrase that I, that I said, that I said. <laughs> well, Jeremy, you, you do have a way of putting things. It's, it's, it's really great. <laughs> and, you know, I, I do think what you said has some truth in it, but I understand people's reaction. Sure. Yeah. And, and I like what you said, because I do think it gets people to think. And sometimes we, we have to ask ourselves, what are the essential things and what are the non-essential? What gets people hung up with all of these discussions is we, we're emotional as humans. Like, we have emotions. And so things tend to get put into one basket. But if we step back and we, we think through things a little bit, we know that there are some things that are more important than other things. And the things that are less important, I would say, 
that doesn't mean they're not important, but they're not the same as the most important things. So when you were talking about nonsense, what I, I think probably you were getting at is some of these things are secondary, like they're, they're second in importance. Doesn't mean they're not important. Correct. But when it comes to Jesus and our salvation, it's not going to get us into heaven or keep us out of heaven. So in that sense, if we're making too big of a deal out of it, 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 it can be a, a you know nonsense if you want to use that word. I, however, however, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I was just going to say, you, I think you, you're exactly right. You hit the nail right on the head with what I meant and how I meant to say it. Right. But I meant to say it walking the line. I meant to say it provocative, but at the same time, I meant to say it as in almost the way you know Jesus says, compared to me, you should really you know hate your, uh, your, your, your wife and your children compared to how much you love me. Not, not literally, but, you know. So, you know, really when it comes down to the meat and potatoes of Christianity, there's, it's not very difficult. It doesn't need to be on a 2,700-page political, you know, uh, bill to Congress. It can be on one piece of paper. And uh, so that's when I say the word nonsense. That's exactly what I did mean. So I just wanted to point yeah. that out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then you have, you do have things that I think we would say are important. They're really important. And we, we can talk about them. We should as Christians. And actually the Bible talks about, um, speaking the truth and love and building each other up so that we're not tossed about by every wind of doctrine. So, so teaching is important and we want to edify each other and speak the truth in love. So that's true. Um, but we want to be careful that we keep the secondary things secondary. Now, the essential things, if we could go back to that, the things that are essential. I do think we, we want to make sure we are clear that there are some things that are life and death when it comes to our relationship with God. I mean, we talked about how we've been saved from death and brought from death to life. So it's literally life and death. And yeah, there are people out there, the Bible talks about it, who are twisting things and they're leading people away from Jesus. And in that sense, yeah, th those, those are hills worth dying on. <laughs> those are things we do want to have, you know, really sharp uh, discussions and even, you know, really rebuke people and call out people that are teaching something false that are leading people into something that's going to actually lead them away from truth. Yeah, th those things I would say are really important. So I just want to clarify those things. And when we get into denominations, we keep having to come back. What are the essential things that we're saying are like, these are the most important things. And yes, we need to fight tooth and nail for those things. Mm. But what are the secondary things that lead us to have different denominations? And there's a sense in which it's like, oh, I wish we didn't have all these different groups. But at the same time, we have to leave that in God's hands and say, that's because we're human. And humans never see everything the same way. And so that's okay. And, and these are things as family members in the body of Christ we can talk about and discuss. And maybe we'll get into some of those issues today. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said, like, fight tooth and nail to keep some of those things, you know, uh, alive and talked about. Because that's, that's I, I want to come back full circle to that when we talk about where the church's role is today and where the voice is of the church and where it should be and, and this, that, and the other. Uh, Sheila Serino, who's a viewer and watches every day, says... If a church teaches a different doctrine than that of the apostles, then it's better to go to another church. What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I would say generally that I would agree with that. 
Um, but where do we know what the apostles taught? We go back to the scripture. And where you'll see some disagreements is, for example, what is the correct form of baptism? So when Paul, he, he's an apostle, he said there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. That's our unifying tenets. That's the apostles' teaching. But how we baptize is where people will have disagreements on that. And so I would say, yeah, as, as long as the church is baptizing, <laughs> yeah. And if they weren't baptizing, then I would say, yeah, there's a problem there. But if they're actually trying to follow the apostles' teaching, then, yeah, that is a key point. Well, and what brought this all up, talking about denominations, uh, was because I'm actually talking to a lot of pastors th uh, throughout the country right now. I'm having conversations with many, many different pastors from many different kinds of churches, and I'm learning a lot and and having great conversation with them. And, and Tim, you actually uh, said something once. You said that I was quoting scripture to you, and I wasn't even knowing that I was quoting scripture to you. And I, I find myself doing that more and more, which lets me know that I'm at least somewhat on the right path. But what started the whole denomination thing was uh, we're doing, um, you know, I go on the road and do a lot of shows, and we're going to be doing a show, or we were going to be doing a show at a Methodist church. And they're going through a big split in the South in many different areas right now. Uh, and the pastor there explained to me why they're going through this split. And a lot of it is political. It really is. A lot of it is very political. And I don't just mean political as in internally in the church. I mean political as in where their views are with politics. Like, you know, babies being aborted or, or you know, open border welcome. I mean, literally political. And uh, he's stuck between a rock and a hard place with not being able to make decisions for the church because of this battle that they're that they're ensuing, you know, that they're in, engaged in right now. And he told me that if they the the upper echelons of that church, whoever that is, the board, the deacon, I mean I don't know what that is, but you know, whoever runs that Methodist church in that area said if you want to if you want to split from us, you're more than welcome to, but you're going to leave your building, your bank account, and everything in the church. And I thought the first thing I thought about was, wow, that's not very Christian-like. So that's what brought this whole discussion on. Are you aware, I'm sure you are, of all these splits going on in different churches? Yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, I had a mentor when I was doing one of my uh, college studies, uh, and he was uh, Anglican. Uh, pastor, and he actually had the same thing happen. Um, he was part of a group that wanted to remain faithful to the scriptural teaching, and as a result, a lot of them lost their buildings uh, from the denomination they were under. They were in the Episcopal Church, so they had to get ordained through, I believe, probably a bishop in Africa, uh, and they carried on the Anglican tradition. That's their denomination, uh, but yeah, it was a split off from the Episcopal denomination in America because I think a lot of people would know in America, the Anglican or Episcopal churches um, do, do teach, you know, they're, they're uh, pro-LGBT and even, you know, they would probably ordain uh, people that are openly uh, homosexual, practicing homosexual. Uh, so people that don't want to follow that, they think the scripture teaches that marriage is between a man and a woman. Uh, and that uh, practicing homosexuality is a sin, yeah, they, they can sometimes suffer a lot of consequences for holding to what the Scripture is saying. So I've seen it firsthand. Well, and 
you know, you, you're ju you're saying something right now that's going to take me off uh, the course of this t discussion with the denominations, but you're talking about homosexuality in the church, and I talked about that the other day. And, uh, of course, I've got, I, I have many, many friends throughout my lifetime who are homosexual. I have family members who are homosexual, and I run into a lot of people, uh, let's call them holier-than-thou uh, Christians, who say that they're not welcome and there's no place for them in the church. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute. Their sin is no greater than my sin uh, of using the Lord's name in vain when I did all my life up until I was a Christian. You know, their sin, active sin right now, is no different than my active sin when I yell at my kids the way oh, a different way than I than I should yell. I should treat them like a loving father. You know, and there's, I sin all the time. So what makes their sin so much greater than mine? Now I can understand people's objection to churches actively reaching out there with the rainbow flag meaning we support I mean just pushing it out there we support gay homosexuality well that's fine you should you should uh, you should welcome everybody but you shouldn't support something and I think that's what that's what people need to make sure they say and not sh not turn away people just because they're homosexuals I don't agree with that I just don't No no and and that is not what even the pastor I was talking about was saying. I mean, the, the people I've met, many of them are very loving and accepting. So it's not an issue of that. You're totally right. We should accept anybody in church. Uh, the issue is, do we affirm something that is that is wrong? In right. other words, it's one thing if I accept a person. Let's say that they're addicted to alcohol. Are they welcome to come to church? Absolutely. Right. But do we do we praise their, their alcoholism? No, <laughs> right? That's right. where we would say, well, we, and that's where you get the phrase, uh, you know, we, we, we hate the sin, we love the sinner. But, but that shouldn't be a cliche. That's, that really needs to be shown in our life. And so you're right. Sometimes we underemphasize the, the, the love that we need to show to people. But it's hard because our culture is trying to, they're trying to label all Christians as hateful. I know. And that, that's the thing that is tricky. It's like, there are people who will say, just because of my beliefs, that I'm a hateful person, but they're not observing how I actually treat people. So, you know, you're right. Uh, churches should be accepting. I would say, though, a lot of churches actually are accepting. It's just that uh, there are many people in our culture who would say those churches are hateful because they're not affirming a certain lifestyle. Right. And there is a difference. Well, pol politics has found, again, has found its way to work itself into every single thing in our lives. And that's why I see all these churches so afraid to speak up and speak out about what the message is and the gospel is because they're afraid that they're going to be attacked somehow because some group is going to label it, you know, political and, 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 and you know, they're, then they're going to be attacked and take their 501c3 taken away because they can say, well, you're supporting a candidate. Uh, you're supporting a specific party because you believe that abortion is wrong. And that's how they've tied it in. And so many churches are like, okay, and they shut their, they, they just go, and they don't say anything. And I'm like, that's not, that's not right. I don't. And so, you know, um, I, I, I will talk about that in a minute. I, w I don't want to get ahead of the, of the story of the denominations here. So yeah, yeah. So let's get back to denominations for a minute. My, I, I, I have some questions on this. Um, you know how somebody on the outside who's not a believer would say, well, 
What about all the Muslims in the world who don't believe in Jesus Christ? Are they going to hell because they don't, they're not Jesus Christ? Or what about all the people in the world who've never heard the gospel? Are they going to hell because they haven't heard the gospel? And so I, I, I equate this question to those questions. Looking from the outside in, say somebody's a new Christian and they want to find a church that's best for them. And they go and they visit a few churches and say they like all of them, right? But all of them are different. There's a Methodist, a Baptist, an Episcopalian, a Lutheran, okay? Which one is the right one? Now, I know this isn't, you're not, you, you're not God, you're not going to give the right answer here. But I want to know what you would tell somebody who doesn't know what church is the right church and why there are so many if one isn't right. Because I get a lot of questions like that. Yeah, well, it's an understandable question. And it's one of the downsides to living, you know, there's a great freedom we have in this country, and, and that's a freedom we want to preserve. But the downside is that, you know, we, we do have so many choices that it can be confusing. It's like ice cream. <laughs> overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> what you have to understand to on some level, some of this is just personality differences in other words, um, there are different churches partly, not this isn't the whole explanation, but some of the differences in churches come down to different personalities and different kinds of people. You know, So I would say there are some kinds of churches that uh, there's going to be a lot more, if you put them all together as a group, it's just more of an extroverted kind of a church, right? Very outgoing, very interactive and people who are very verbal <laughs> and the way they process things. is very... Then there's like introverted churches. I happen to go to a more introverted church. I think you know that, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of quiet people there, right? Yeah. And uh, that's okay, right? So some of it is just finding the right personality fit for you and the environment that you feel is um, really, in, it's going to actually be helpful to your growth personally, spiritually. So that when you are in that environment, it's nourishing to you. So that's one thing I would say. As far as the other differences, some of those are historical. And that's where you just you just have to learn, you know, and it just it takes time. Um, but I will say, just to give a simple answer, read your Bible and then go to a church where you know that what they're teaching there is lining up with what you're reading in the Bible and that yes. they're trying to feed you good spiritual food from the Bible. Yeah. The only the only thing I would say is for denomination is, you know, check their website and make sure that, you know, if you look at their doctrinal teachings, they should have that on their website. It should be uh, teachings that are in keeping with historic Orthodox Christianity. You know, we don't want to get sucked into some weird <laughs> group that's teaching right. heresy. Right, some so, cult. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to always find on most churches a... a, a you know, a page that talks about their beliefs, a statement of beliefs, or something that they will point to that says, we believe in these teachings, and it'll say that, you know, we believe in the Trinity, for example, right? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We believe in the, the Word of God, the inspired Word of God, the Bible. We believe in salvation by faith through grace, things like that, that just kind of point you to, okay, I know that this church is teaching solid doctrine, but, you know, at the end of the day... You do have to visit different churches and find where you're being spiritually nourished. Hold on. I don't know what the heck is going on here. Nope. Getting a phone call? Mm, no. I don't know why my phone was doing that. It was weird. Anyway, um, so 
Um, yes, here that's what I I would I would say the same thing. I would say because I don't know enough about all the different denominations to explain it to somebody. I just don't. And to be frank, I really I don't even know if these are the right words to use, but I don't care about all these different denominations. What I really care about is what I read in the Bible and is are the people that I'm going and spending my time with to do congregation, you know, to have fellowship with, are they talking about what is the words that are coming out of the Bible and, you know, and, and it's like, I think it's like college, right, or any school or, or, any, or any class you're going to take. If you're going to go to a class or a college or you're going to go learn some skill, you do research before you go. You just don't go to the first person on the side of the street and say, hey, teach me automotive. You go to, you know, a technical school for that. You don't just go and say, hey, teach me plumbing and heating. You go to a technical school for that and you do your research on it. And that's what I would tell somebody to do too. Do your research, find out what the church teaches, make sure they're Bible-based. And if they're not Bible-based and they're not all about the teachings of Christ and they start talking about all this other stuff like, you know, if you clean up the church grounds four days a week, you have salvation. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Uh, because there is a lot of that out there. There's a lot of that kind of stuff out there. It's not verbatim, but um, but that's what I've told people too is it's got to be Bible-based. Um, because I've gotten more of my answers that I've had questions to by reading than I have had by asking. Even though I wanted to resort to asking more in the beginning of my journey with Jesus because it's easier I've gotten more of my questions answered by reading than asking. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I forgot to mention, I should have. Uh, I had a guy on my channel pretty recently uh, from a, a YouTube channel called Ready to Harvest. And he, all he does is denominations research. So a very oh, wow. simple way to learn, to learn about different denominations is go to that YouTube channel, Ready to Harvest. Ready to Harvest. I'm going to write that will, down. You will learn so much about all different denominations and backgrounds and he is very uh clear in how he presents things but he's also very objective he doesn't say you know this group's wrong this group's he actually you know really in that setting tries to be more like a uh, encyclopedia for people to just understand the information about these different denominations so that's a good resource and then the only other thing i will add to all this is just make sure you go to a church that is relationally healthy if they have a real relationship right. with God, they should they should then be relating to each other in a healthy way. And you don't want to be in a church where there's a lot of uh, bitterness and anger and division or clicks uh, or, or, or or people that are yeah uh, mistreating one another. Yeah, and, you know, sad, sadly, humans humans are prone to mistreat each other, and so you want to be careful, you know, because you're dealing with the reality that humans are are fallen and they. They have their problems. So you want to be in a healthy church, no doubt about it. Well, thank you for giving that uh, name. And, guys, just in case you didn't hear, you need to hear again, the, the YouTube channel, uh, Ready to Harvest. And, actually, uh, Tim, somebody said on here that their dad has watched Ready to Harvest. So I'm going to watch that, too, because I would love to study the denominations in a way, you know, I don't want to dig too much deep into it because I think that takes away from my study of the word itself. Uh, but if I can hear somebody, if I can listen to somebody while I'm doing some work and I can, you know, take some in, that would be really, really helpful. But I think that's a good segue into let's go from denominations now to translations, right? Because the same thing can be said about translations. And I know you've done this on your YouTube channel a lot. You have broke down many, many different 
different translations and said, well, this one teaches, you know, this one is about this, this one teaches this, this one, you know, uh, touches more about on this, this, that, and the other. Um, let me hear what, you, because you've done extensive videos and, and talks about this, um, especially when you first started your YouTube channel. Talk to me a little bit about translations and how that compares to the conversation we were just having about denominations. <laughs> Yeah, well, there, there can be a lot of uh, similar, similarities and overlap between the two subjects because I talked about how denominations have personalities and churches have personalities. The same is true with, uh, with translations that uh, certain types of people are going to be drawn to certain things. So I think a lot of people would know I'm a very analytical person. I also grew up in a church background. So because of those reasons, I do tend to gravitate toward more traditional translations. I like the New King James, which is tied in with the King James heritage. Mm -hmm. That's partly because I grew up in church. But even people who just like maybe heard the Bible growing up, there's something about the King James version that just tends to have like a special sound to it. You know, mm -hmm. when we think of the Bible, we think of the King James. But uh, that being said, there are a lot of people who read the King James and they're like, I don't understand it. Right, I can't right. understand the Bible. So that's where they might pick up a translation that's modern and worded in a way that's, you know, very clear. Then it's really helpful. So, you know, and, and if you're a really uh, analytical person, you probably are like, oh, I really want to study how each word relates to the original mm. word in Greek or Hebrew. Yeah. But if you're a less analytical person, you're just like, just tell me what it says. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I always say, when it comes to this subject... It is good to have a couple of translations, one that is um, more like trying to be word for word with the original language, which is good because it's like, okay, I know that they're really trying to be very, very accurate. Um, on the other hand, if they're really literal, like word for word, then sometimes when you're putting that in English, it's just not very clear. Right, because so words have, because the, the way they describe things are different than the way we describe things. Yeah, there, there's a different aspects to language, right? Right, and right. if you know another language, you know that that language doesn't perfectly match up with English. It's not like you can just put every word in the same order and that all the words have the exact same meaning. Because words really have a range of meaning. So that's why you want another translation that is more focused on trying to smooth things out and clarify things in our language. And so I like to have both when I'm studying because I think they're a good complement to each other. So, like, really literal translations are, like, the New King James, the English Standard Version, the New American Standard Bible, and then maybe something that's more modern English, like the NIV or the NLT or the CSB. Those are some examples of, uh, you know, less literal translations, just more clear in English for us. Well, and I do that, too. I'll, I'll read something from a King James Version. A lot of times I'll do this on, on one of my apps right because apps are so great nowadays you can really switch from version to version and right to the point you know find the ver i mean it's really it's nice but i but i do put my hands on physical paper you know every day as well um but i found myself always if i if i want to understand something quickly i find myself going to the niv um so my question, I have a, I have a personal question here that, I, that I've never asked you, but I'd like to and just get your uh, opinion on it. What version do we have in English that is the closest to the way the word was intended 
to be? Closest to like a Hebrew meaning. Closest. What what tra would it be? The King James version. Would that be the one that we would go to for the for the? I guess that the this most like non non English Bibles. Um, I mean, I don't know if that question makes sense, but. I think I, I, a lot of people want to know, okay, which, which is the most accurate translation? Um, well, the truth is the King James I would put in a special category because it doesn't use modern English. I think a lot of people know that. Right. <laughs> uh, it, uses, it uses kind of a more traditional, and it sounds to us very formal, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want... Uh, you know, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I think it says something like that. Uh, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Uh, you know, we don't usually say thee and thou when we're talking. Uh, the, 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 the beauty of that is, you know, it's very classic and it sounds really nice. Uh, the downside is that the original writers of scripture weren't talking in old English. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. So... I would argue that, you know, in the New Testament, for example, when Paul is writing letters, he's just using their everyday language. So we should have Bibles that use our everyday language, at least sometimes. I'm not saying you, you can never use the King James. I mean, I, I like the King James. I grew up with it. But I also think it's great to have a Bible that kind of speaks more to us the way Paul was actually speaking to his audience. But as far as accuracy... The really tricky thing about that is what I said earlier. Languages don't match up perfectly. So um, let me give you a, a little bit of a, a thought experiment. Sure. If you were talking and you were telling a story and someone was translating your story as you told it, would you want them to uh, use every expression the way you do? Or if let's say they were speaking in Spanish or French or German, would you want them to use some expressions that actually make sense to their audience so that they don't misunderstand you? Oh, that's a so good that's said, a good analogy, oh, yeah. I, I had this situation where I had a cat in my throat, and I started coughing. In English, we know exactly what it means. You had a tickle in your throat. If you said that in some other languages, sure. they would be so confused. So in that instance, if you're telling a story, you probably want them to be a little looser in their translation. So, so that it's very clear in the other language. Now, if you were giving a technical talk where you're like, I'm giving instructions, and these are very uh, technical words so that people know uh, the details of this topic we're talking about, and we don't want them to, to miss something, I'm going to use very specific words. In that case, you might want someone to be very careful mm. and translate your words more word for word. So... You see now why you have to have both approaches? Yeah, no, I, I like that. I, I really like that. That makes 100% sense because I, I remember um, watching uh, this documentary one time where people were trying to explain to another culture <clears throat> word for word from their language to their language, word for word from their culture to their culture. And they, this, this documentation or this documentary was really an experiment. It was to see just that. And it wasn't biblical. It had nothing to do with the Bible or anything like that. It was just, just focusing on the differences in language and, 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 the, and the, how amazing it really is when you break it down. And you're right. There was so many things that we would say here 
and the way we would say them here, you know, like, oh, it's raining cats and dogs outside, where somebody in, you know, Yugoslavia might be like, what? <laughs> what? What's happening? Um, so, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I'm glad you, I'm glad you put it that way. That's, that makes perfect sense. And uh, uh, I hope a lot of people that are listening, that makes sense to them, too, because, uh, you know, I get a lot of questions like that. And I, and, I, and I don't know, again, with, like, the denominations and the translations, I don't know which one to say is best for them. I can tell them which one was helpful for me. And, uh, you know, and, th- and if it helps somebody else, then it helps them get there. And then they might take a whole other route than I, t- you know, than I take t- in their journey with Jesus. Um, yeah. He might want him to read something that I've never read before because he's going to use them in a different way. You know, I, I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer to this. I think just if you don't feel the Holy Spirit, you know, if you don't feel Jesus is doing something in you, then you're doing something wrong. That's that's the best I can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one one or two other things I would add is that you're right. When there, This is a very personal thing because... I might understand certain things in a different way than someone else, depending on my background, my base knowledge or whatever. So, yeah, I think a lot of people, if they're if they've never heard the Bible and they first read uh, the Bible, it can be really helpful to start with something like the New Living Translation, just to give an example, uh, because it's it's so clear in its English. But as you grow in your knowledge I think a lot of people might find as they learn more, they might gravitate to other translations yeah. uh, that are more technically word for word. Yeah. Because now they're 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 getting it. They're starting to learn more, and they're like, okay, now I really want to hear how it's worded a little bit more in the original language, and that's why they might pick up a you know New King James version or a New American Standard Bible or a English Standard Version. I think those are like higher reading level translations mm. and uh, that can be a good thing once you, once you, now there are other people who the first time they ever read the Bible, they can understand the English standard version or the new King James version without a problem. And that's fine. You know, we're all different. So yeah, that's, that's definitely something that uh, we have to keep in mind with all of this. All right. Well, that was, those were, those were, I think that we, had some good discussion on, on both of those, and I'm sure we could dive into it a thousand hours if we wanted to, breaking down oh, denominations it's, and it, translations. It's such a long conversation. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I just wanted to say... Yeah, no, go. Yeah. Deep, it's a deep topic, and one other thing that I will say is, you know, if most of the major translations out there are very dependable. I do want to say that. So uh, the ones I've been talking about in, in this discussion are some examples of very dependable translations. The only thing I would avoid are translations that are like only one person worked on it. Yeah. And it's like a really kind of a weird translation. I mean, I, I would be careful of that or a translation that comes from, you know, like a really like small sect of Christianity or, or even a, there are groups outside of Orthodox Christianity. I mean, yeah. But the mainstream translations, they've been translated by very godly people. So you can trust them. And, and, and you know, that's a good point. You know what I heard today? This is kind of going off topic. But I heard today that Hitler actually had had his own Bible. And he had 12 commandments in his Bible. 
And, of course, Hitler thought that God was telling him to wipe out 11 million people. You know what I mean? So, but you're right. It's, it, people, you know, like you got your, you got your, your specific people out there who put out their own versions. And I, and I heard today, I was listening to, uh, who was I listening to today? Um, you ever seen that YouTube channel, uh, Ask Me a Question? Uh, mm. you, ne- you never heard that before? I don't think so. Okay, so there's a guy out there. Who does these? Who does this YouTube channel? It's called Ask Me a Question. His name is, oh, let's see here, Cliff Cliff uh, Cliff Netchel. You ever heard of that name? No, nah, it doesn't ring a bell. Okay, so check out his YouTube channel. It's called Give Me an Answer. And what he does is he goes to universities, and he 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 just he sits there and he he uh, he pulls out some great conversation out of people, young kids. You know, where, where we should be teaching this stuff, you know, where we should have these thoughtful discussions and this back and forth and, and kind of wade through the fog and the smoke and what's truth and what's not, what the Bible really says compared to what these kids in college are told it says, X, Y, and Z. And he's really, really bold. He's really candid and to the point, but he's really respectful. But I was watching him this morning, and he said that Hitler had had his own Bible and that he had 12 commandments in his Bible. But in his Bible, God was telling him to kill 11 million people. So, you know, I don't, it's, it, you're right. I think you got to be careful of, of uh, those Bibles that are just done by one person. Um, we got about 10, 15 minutes left, Tim, and I really, really, really want this discussion to happen. Where, why, and how the church fits in in 2021 being vocal, being not an introvert church, okay? Um, or the church as a whole, let's say, maybe not break it down to individual churches. I think, and you know that my, my way of doing things is very different than your way of doing things, and I'm very, you know, I want everybody to hear everything about everything all the time, it seems like, but uh, I think that the church as a whole, regardless of denominations, has a very big responsibility right now to step in and put a voice out there alongside the LBGTQ community, alongside the BLM and the Antifa and the defund the police politicians. And the, there, There's a lot of voices out there right now, and none of it is good. I, I do this for a living, and you know, and everything I report on, there's a lot of voices out there being really loud right now, and none of them are talking about turning yourself towards Christ. So where's the church as a whole? Are people just too afraid to get labeled as a hate, uh, you know, hate mongering or hate speech? Or are they afraid to get their church targeted, 501c3 taken away? Because uh, the last I checked, Jesus didn't care about a 501c3. So I'd like to get your opinion on this and have a discussion about this if you'd like. Yeah, well, I think I think um, absolutely the church is supposed to be a voice in the culture, even a prophetic voice. You know, the idea of prophets in the scripture, uh, the, the the people that were heralding truth and and proclaiming truth. There's uh, there's a need for that, and the church is always supposed to be a proclaimer of truth. Um, but one one of the things I will add to the discussion off the bat is that the church is a body. And a body has different parts. And so there are some people that are going to be more vocal uh, because God gifted them that way. And God gives them a certain position and place in life to do that. So, yeah, um, there's no doubt, Jeremy, God, God has given you a vocal ministry. <laughs> 
for better or for worse, right? That's, yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I know God is God is using it, and, and that's what we gotta remember. Uh, you know, so just just you know, we we do what God calls us to, and you know, we need to love love God's people too, and and build up God's people, and hopefully. You know, you are able to do things partly because people are behind you and edifying you and teaching you. Uh, and so it's all part of the body of Christ. And then hopefully you're 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 giving back in, in certain ways. Right. And so we all are hopefully contributing. So that's something that I would say is we're not all going to do the same thing, but we all need to contribute mm-hmm. to God's cause. That's a good point. And, and that's very important. But what do you yeah. think? Okay, now now you kind of touched on individuals there and what God gave an individual to do, or maybe even individual churches. But what about mm-hmm. the leaders of these denominations, the leaders of, you know, like say, you know, it's easy to point, pinpoint the leader of the Catholic Church, right? It's the Pope. Right? That's pretty simple. Who's the leader of the Baptist church? You know, is there one guy? You know, is there one girl? Who's the leader of the Methodist church? But I think as a whole, I think it would be good, right, for denominations to finally use the, uh, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend type, you know, finally say, okay, let's all work together here because we're, our voice, which is given, God gives the church a voice. That voice is supposed to spread the gospel to all corners of the world, right? We, I think that these churches need to all get together, the leaders of these churches, and say, okay, time to let bygones be bygones with our little different names of our churches. Let's figure out to fi- a, a way to put our, pool our resources together, pool our manpower together, or woman power if we have any liberals who are watching that might get offended by that. Um, let's put our people power to you know to, to together and let's get out there and let's have a marketing campaign together that we could spend tons of money on to get it out there let's get people out in the streets at these universities so it's not relying on just one man one person one church one group of people let's you let's universally work together to get out there and 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 say look there is a place that accepts all people there is a place that accepts all people for who they are, whether they're doing wrong or right at that time. There is a family that you could belong to. But at the same time, there are consequences for doing these wrong things. Don't murder babies. Now, that doesn't mean that I am a hater or I'm speaking hate speech. Come and talk to us about why we think this. Don't just hate me. Spark discussion. And I just feel that that's what I'm really focusing on here when I talk about this is where is the voice of the church like that is there too many egos is there too many big heads to do that because stronger together right we're only strong as our weakest link uh united we stand divided we fall i could come up with a thousand things that say the same thing and i just don't see that happening as a new christian Mm, yeah i can understand where you're coming from there and i mean i will say this just to give my own perspective on it is i i think that History is hard to evaluate when you're in it. (laughs) And so I will say when I look back, I do see times where the church has done better at times, even in America, Mm -hmm. certainly, uh, you know, and I grew up, uh, you know, going to anti-abortion events, for example, uh, you know, and, and there are still churches that 
that I think really are, are doing that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, we are, we are in a certain season right now. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of change going on. I think the generations are shifting. And, you know, oh, yeah. so the church always for every generation has to, has to figure out, okay, are, are we being the voice God has called us to be in this generation and this time? And I hear your frustration. I do think uh, we, we've been distracted. The only thing I will say, though, uh, that this is my conviction, is we should be people who are clear and bold and stand for truth and even stand for social issues, you know, stand for the right things. But we should keep the, the main thing the main thing. And I'm going to do a message this coming Sunday on how Paul talks about the message of the cross is foolishness to the people of the world. But it is the power of God to those who are being saved. Mm, right, <laughs> so, right, right. So one, one thing we have to remember is like it's just part of the it's it's just part of how it is. We're 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 never in the world going to be totally accepted because the message of the cross is foolishness. But he says that's where the power is. Mm. The power is in the work of God through Jesus Christ, and so we do have to make sure we keep getting back to that because there is no political system. Uh, there is no social program or effort that is going to solve all our problems. And we should stand for what's right, no doubt about it. But ultimately, we need the message of the cross, and we need to proclaim the message of the cross. Do so you, it really gets back to sharing the gospel and yeah. being proclaimers of the gospel. And probably that's our biggest thing that we lack, you know, if anything, is just well, not being zealous for the gospel. Well, Tim, people are afraid. Let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, people are afraid these days to get out there and speak the gospel to other people if they're not in their inner circle because they're afraid. And I get it. I 100% get it. I remember the first time I went to buy a Bible, I was so afraid. I was so afraid. I know we've talked about this before. I was so afraid. that the, And that's why I started giving out Bibles here. Um, and you helped me in the very beginning. You were bringing me Bibles. And then all of a sudden, by the, by the grace of God... Hundreds of Bibles just started coming in. I don't even have room for them. I have to leave this studio and go to a different studio now because I don't have room for everything. And that's great. That's that's it's amazing. Um, but I was so afraid, Tim, going to that cash register. I remember, and I'm you know me. I'm not a very a guy to shy away from a lot of things. My knees were shaking, like I was so my heart was pounding. I'll never ever mm. ever forget that feeling for as long as I live. I was genuinely afraid of what others thought of me for the very first time in my life. And I was like, why do I feel this way? And when I got up to buy the uh, the Bible, it was almost like I was some kid who was going to buy like a, you know, a dirty magazine or, or, or a, a box of condoms or something. And I was so afraid of what people would think of me, but it was way worse than that. I was so afraid that everybody was going to point at me, laugh at me. And I just didn't know how to take that and I got through and I gotta tell you Tim it's a weird it's a weird story and it's a weird way that it happened but that to me was getting through that Walmart checkout aisle with a Bible with one little book was my armor of God that I that my first piece of my breastplate of righteousness my first time of putting on an armor of God was that moment. And when I walked out of that Walmart, I was, I was like skipping like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz to my truck or my car at that time. And I was, I was flinging my Walmart bag and I was just so happy that I did it. 
And, and after that, and, and, and here's the thing is, I never had a problem, like, you know me with this whole coronavirus thing. I was going in stores with no masks on. I was videotaping it, you know, trying to, I was standing up for my friend. I have no problem doing that. But a little book, I had a problem buying that. And now I know what that was. That was Satan. That was the devil, literally, at, over my shoulder, saying, what are you? They're gonna laugh at you. Everybody's gonna think that you're crazy. They're gonna. They're, and 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 I felt it in a way that I never felt it. And how many people out there probably feel that same way? People are afraid to not only receive the gospel, but to spread the gospel. And I honestly think that a lot of pastors today are afraid of because uh, they're they're uh, responsible for their flock, right? Pastors are responsible for their congregation, and they don't want to bring any hate unnecessary fake news news channels you know protesters outside their churches and i just think it's a very rough place that we're all in right now i just and i don't i don't blame anybody for that i just think it's a scary rough place and i think the devil is so strong right now with people definitely not up against god but with people he is yeah no what what you bring out there is uh really good to to just remind us that it's a spiritual battle it's different than other things that we face in our lives like you said i know you jeremy you're a very bold person by nature like you're just a very outward person so yeah what you're experiencing in these situations is a spiritual battle and paul said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against rulers Mm. and against the authorities Mm. against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places and then he says you need to take up the armor of god like what you were talking about there and i love this he he actually says this pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints so he's just saying over and over you need to be praying uh, for for your own uh, well-being, but also for others. And he says, pray for me, that the words may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Listen what Paul is saying there. Paul is saying, I'm an apostle of Jesus, but I need you to pray for me so that I'll be bold to share the gospel. Wow. Because <laughs> wow. that's the kind of spiritual battle he was even facing. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that and and Paul, the see, and I always, I really like Paul's story because it reminds me of my story, right? I mean, I can remember Tim where I was doing videos just mocking Christians, and I look back on that today. And you know what? Here's here, you know that I don't have Facebook anymore, right? I've been booted and banned from Facebook because you know I'm such a bad guy who talks about God and Trump and all that. And but anyway, it was almost a blessing though, Tim, that I don't have it anymore there's a lot of reasons I'm, I'm happy to not have it anymore i think it was i think it was like the devil sucking me and i spent more time on that app than and, and not for good reasons either for yeah you know just for constant confrontation right trying to trying to be out there and be a soldier for for conservatives and but i wasn't being a soldier for god like i am now right i'm doing it for a very different reason now than i was back when i was on facebook and i am so glad that those videos still don't exist um, at least, I mean, they exist somewhere, but I'm glad people can't access them and watch them, 
Really? I mean, I, I in, a, in a sense, I would like to see people, have people go, oh, wow, look where he came, look what he, look what happened to him. Look at the transformation that he's had with Jesus, right? In a sense, I'd like to have control over them so I could show people that. But at the same time, I'm glad that they're not floating around the internet for somebody to grab and think that, oh, wow, this guy's cool. I want to act like him. I want to do a video where I'm making fun of Mary for being a virgin mother. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so I'm, I look at it as like, wow, that's a blessing that God took that evil that I was away from me, got it so that it couldn't infect anybody else, and here I am today. I got a lot of growth to do, don't get me wrong, but man, was I in a really bad place, and I just didn't know it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's awesome how God, he's, he's orchestrating things, he's, he's guiding things, he's doing things, and yeah, so he definitely had a purpose in the journey you had, but I agree. It's it's so great that now, you know, God, he said, that's what what you did in the past. That's behind. Now I've got something for you right now. And this is this is what God is promoting and doing through you. And, and that is a good thing. It's a great thing. And a lot of people that knew me back then that they'll, they'll you know, I'll see him come on a uh, uh, show or send a message and go, you're such a fake Christian. You used to do this, 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 and this. I saw you do this, that, this, that, and this. And I go, yeah. What are the key words that you're saying there? Seen and saw. And I am very proud to be able to tell everybody that I did this, that, and this. And I'm very proud to be able to say, look what can happen when you just give it all up. Just give it up and give it over and just surrender. And I got to tell you, I was so mad, Tim. I lived my life angry. I lived my life trying to make it in the music business, not to be a millionaire, not to set my family up for life, not to travel and have mansions if it ever came. No, I did it all for spite, to prove to somebody else that I could do it out of revenge of what they said about me once. You know, I lived my life just an angry, bitter, I'm better than you, get away from me, you don't know what you're talking about, to just almost like flipping a light switch, to... You know, just being a completely different person. And I want people to know that. I don't shy away from it at all. Yeah, that is that is wonderful. And and that's, you, you're hitting on something great there. I think before Jesus, we're identified so easily by what people think of us and by trying to prove ourselves to people. But when you're accepted by God, you no longer need to worry uh, and identify yourself by other people. You're now identified with Jesus, and your identity is in Him, and your security is in Him, and right. your self-esteem is in Him. And so now you can just do what you do out of love for God and love for others, not taking, but giving. And I think that's what I see in what you're talking about there. Well, Tim, I got to say, it has been... I, you know what? I could do this all day. I, 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 I love these conversations. <laughs> And I really wish that, you know, we could do this, you know, once a month on a Sunday afternoon, you know, come on and have these conversations with me, have different top topics to talk about. You know, people have questions. I'd like to like write some questions down that people have. And, and instead of getting my answer, get your answer. I'm going to do this with other pastors, too. So if, if that's something that you'd like to do, you know, I, I would like to have you on more often and, and have these discussions if that's something you're, you, you'd be like to do. Oh, sure. If, if your audience can put up uh, listening to some of my thoughts on these things, absolutely. I'd love to come back on. Well, you know, the great thing about this audience is it's I, it's more of a family. It's become more of a family. It's really, it's such a tight-knit group of people, and uh, um, and we don't 
mind debate. We don't mind differences of opinions. We don't lash out at people for that. You know, there's there's been a few times where, you know, one or the other has. Even maybe I have once in a while. But we all realize, wait a minute, okay, let's bring it back to center here. So, um, no, I think it would be great to have you on more often. Um, would you like to let people know where they can find you? I have a First Perspective YouTube channel up on your on the screen here. But is there any other place where do you have a social media asp- uh, place or, 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 or a place where they can go check out yeah. your ministries? Yeah, I mean, I am I am on Instagram uh, under a Frisch perspective, and then on Twitter, Timothy Frisch, I think is my Twitter name actually. But YouTube is I, your I YouTube is your main though, right? Uh, YouTube is the main place though where where I I'm doing stuff online. But yeah, I am also on Twitter and Instagram. You, people can find me in those places too if they want to. And uh, as far as your missions and and ministries, do you have a do you have a place where people can donate to if they want to if they like your channel and they like what you're about and they want to help you, you know, uh, spread the gospel? Yeah, I mean, a simple way if you go to my YouTube channel and you look under a video just the video descriptions of the videos I do, I I always put my Patreon uh, account in there so people can uh, become part of the Patreon support team. Uh, that's one financial way to support if they wanted to support my work. So that does help fund what I'm doing. Um, and then I do also, you know, have some other streams of income. But, yeah, if anybody wants to support me in that way, they're welcome to come to my YouTube channel and check that out. Well, and I would I would suggest to you sometime getting a Rumble channel, too. A lot of God-fearing Christians have moved over to Rumble because of how they've been treated on some of these major big platforms. And it's just another way to get ministry and, and message out there. And um, but uh, I know people will go subscribe, and that's really all. That's really what it's all about: going there, engaging, listening, watching, sharing your message. Um, and I think that's 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 great. So, well, Tim, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. I love you. It's I uh, I uh, I'll talk to Sabrina as soon as I get home, and hopefully we'll come over some brownies tonight. That'd be awesome. Yeah, That'd come over for some dessert. <laughs> all right, Tim. Good. Thank you. God bless you, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, Jeremy. Thank you. See you later. All right, folks, so there you go. That is Pastor Tim Frisch, a good friend of mine, and has been a good, um, not really a mentor, but somebody that I've been able to have discussions to. Sometimes we go over to their house and have dessert. Tonight they invited us over for for brownies and coffee. And So uh, as soon as I get home, I'll see if Sabrina wants to go over there, and and, uh, we'll go over, and him him and I will continue to have discussions. Um, I I think discussions are really important, folks. I think the more people you can talk to, uh, to get differences of perspective, right? A fresh perspective, not answers or questions. You know, it's just about dialogue. It's about talking about God. Where there are two or more together praying and talking about the Word of God, God is there with them. So just have conversation, folks. Uh, Becky says now she wants brownies. Exactly. Exactly. Well, folks, that's going to do it for today. I'm going to get out of here, go spend the rest of the afternoon with my family. Thanks for uh, joining in today for the discussions. I urge you to share the video if you can. Uh, Make sure you go to JeremyHarrell.com for everything. And remember, oh, yeah, by the way, my kids won the championship last night. I forgot to say that today. Yes, my kids won the championship game last night. They are now champions for soccer. They didn't just get a participation trophy. Nope, they got champions. They got first place, and uh, I'm really, really, really happy for them. So I forgot to say that. Now, there are right ways.
and there are wrong ways. But there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back and your chest out. And keep that head up high. Because you are a child of God. And no weapon formed against you will ever...